afternoon, evening, or night, whatever time of the day it is, wherever you may be, welcome to the Erie to Atlantic show. I'm Joey, the Chief Keller, alongside my co-host, Scout Hughes. Scout, how you doing today, my guy? I'm doing pretty good. Not much to complain about. It's raining right now, and that's about it, so I'm living the good life. Well, the storm is storm's coming down in Carolina. That's what you like to hear. In regard to the hurricanes, yeah, we're playing right now. A good right. game with Tampa, <laughs> down 2-0 in the series. But hey, right. got to win one game at a time. So uh, win tonight yeah. and get back in it. Lose tonight and it's probably. Right, a- you're- but we'll get to <laughs> hockey in a little bit. Um, it's just us two today. Our dear friend, the B Weems, is away at church camp for a couple months. So it's just gonna be me and Scout for a few episodes. So bear with us. Um, we miss you, Brandon. Hope that you're spreading God, spreading God's word down there, um, and having a good time down in Panama City, Florida, or Panama Beach, whatever it is. I, I don't know. I'm still in Ohio. I haven't moved to Florida yet. I'll figure that out in a couple of years. But um, <laughs> so, the first thing, yesterday, we're recording this on Thursday. Yesterday, right. there was just a ton of stuff that happened first. It was, Oh, well, Danny Ainge might uh, step down as president. And then he did. And then at the same time, they announced Brad Stevens is going to stop coaching to basically take his job. So it's like, Holy cow, like Boston, as I wrote in the script and scout asked about in kind of our pre rundown, I've called it the Chinese fire drill, which I really hope that's not like, a bad term to use in today's age because it seems like a lot of things are. So if it is, I apologize to anybody. Um, But there's just a lot of stuff going on with the Celtics right now. But what do you think? Do you think this was the right move to promote Stevens? If not, um, what do you think they could have done better? I mean, Danny Ainge has done a lot of good things since he took over. I think it was like 2003. Um, and I think it was, you know, he, he, he like, he's done a lot, a lot of good things with the Celtics. First off, bringing Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen into Boston uh, to win their, to win uh, the 2008 championship. And then, um, but I think it's time. I think it was time to move on because, but in the last decade, starting in like 2010, you made it to like four or five Eastern Conference Finals with, you know, two basically different, you know, sets of teams. Yeah. Which which I think is pretty impressive. The Gar Pierce Ray Allen era Eastern Finals teams, and then you got the Tatum Brown, um, Marcus Smart era of. Eastern Conference Finals teams, but they never could get over the hump. And granted, I I think it was great. 
Boston fans forget who Isaiah Thomas. Boston fans might be the only fans that like. Oh, I of course Isaiah Thomas at this point. As a Cavs fan, I don't like him because he was terrible with us. Right. Uh, And then I guess the Kyrie era would have been included, but I'm pretty sure they only made one conference final with him. I don't think that hurt anyway. And now he's out here stomping on. Bless the leprechaun's heart. <laughs> but you know, it's, like I think the it's about, sorry for a guy like Kyrie who complains about all the problems yeah. in the world. And he's done a lot of good stuff yeah. with like kind of the the culture and stuff over the last year with a lot of um, like racial problems and bringing that to light, which I have a lot of respect for. But as an Irish guy, he's stomping on yeah. the leprechaun. Hey, come on, man. Come I, on now. now you're pissing me off. And I'm a guy <laughs> who doesn't get pissed off about that stuff very often. So come on, Kyrie. Shame on you for stomping right. on my man Lucky. Call, coming from a Boston hater, you stomp on the leprechaun, I take that personally. <laughs> It'd be the same thing if someone did it at Notre Dame. Yeah, you mess with the bull. Yeah, you mess with the bull. Yeah. You're good. You mess with the bull, you get the horn. You mess with the Chicago Bulls, you'll probably but, um, because they suck. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to summarize the Danny Ainge era in Boston, I would say it's pretty successful. One championship, two finals appearances, multiple Eastern Conference finals appearances. Um, but in the lat in the latter half of his tenure, they just couldn't get it over. That's very impressive. The transition from Doc Rivers to Brad Stevens. Because I think it was just one year where they did make the playoffs, and that was 13 14. Yeah. And that was just they were always they were always to Boston. Like I thought I had Boston go into the conference finals this year. Uh, I think I actually had them winning the East this year in my preseason prediction. Uh, obviously they had some injury problems, oh, yeah. things here and there, and it just it didn't work Jim out. Brown, like, this year, I think that as long as they don't get a terrible head coach, I really think that next year that they could be one of the best teams in the East yet again. Because they have a great young core with Tatum and Brown there. Okay. So, right. so who next, do you think? Are, I was I was gonna say who my do next think would be like a good candidate. I, I hope they hired Jeff Van Gundy just so I don't have to listen to him anymore. <laughs> uh, I heard they need to hire Mark Jackson. I heard I there's a lot of talk about Lloyd Pierce, which I don't think that's a good idea because he, I believe he was a coach. At the start of the year for he was the old coach in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, well, that didn't exactly work out. And then Nate McMillan steps up and just took Atlanta to new heights. And I think Atlanta is going to be a good team for a long time in the East. Trey Young is officially hated by Especially New York. Pete. If you're hated by New York fans, that means you're doing <laughs> something right. Like that's just how it is. <laughs> They hate people right. that are better than them. Right. That's just the way of life in New York. So I think that – I think a good candidate, like you just mentioned, um, I think Mark Jackson is a good candidate. I think that more teams should look into him as a coach. I thought last year he should have gotten hired by someone. Um, I mean, he built that Warriors team. And you can say that Steve Kerr took it to the next level. I won't argue with that. I think they could have been a championship contender um, 
even like even with Mark Jackson there, I think they could have contended, but I really think that that he would be a good head coach uh, for the Celtics. So I'd say that he's probably my top guy. I would love for Mark Jackson to get back in the league. I've also heard I've also heard Jason Kidd's name thrown around there. Yeah. But I think it'll just be a matter of time because I don't think that Boston because I heard that Brad Stevens is gonna, you know, he's gonna choose the guy. He's gonna have influence on who he's choosing and and Danny Ainge is gonna have a hand in that as well. Cause I don't think I don't think Danny Ainge is gonna lead the Celtics entirely. I think he'll be like a you know, kind of like what Hugh Jackson was when he got fired from Cleveland, go back to Cincinnati. He's like a special advisor to the head coach or whatever. You know what I mean? Don't speak his name. <laughs> Forgive me. Don't All right. speak his name on my show. <laughs> we don't talk about. Well, like, I think yeah. We don't talk about him. We don't talk about um, the kitchen man. We we don't talk about either of them. That those names are banned. It's like in Harry Potter. That's they who should not be named. Don't you don't you, you don't that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Don't do it. <laughs> don't oh, do man. it. But right, yeah, so, I have. I think yeah. As crazy as that was. It, that story got overshadowed within about an hour. And we were talking about this on the phone earlier today with Coach K announcing his retirement from Duke. And I kind of, I think a lot of people figured that it had to be coming soon. I know I thought about it last year after Duke was just abysmal. Um, I thought that I didn't think he'd be there for more than three more years. Turns out it's one more. But Within a couple months, Roy Williams is done. Coach yeah. K is done after this upcoming year. Right. The two two of the biggest blue bloods, I would say two of the three biggest blue bloods in college basketball, and you know a lot about those two teams living in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And two legendary coaches. I mean, probably Coach K is definitely a top two coach of all time. It's him and John Wooden, uh, I think, oh, yeah. are the top two. Uh, I think him and Wooden there too. Yeah. I think him and Wooden, uh Shashesky and Wooden are tied for most final four appearances, which is outstanding. I believe you're right. And I'm gonna say that Wooden's the best coach of all time just because eleven cha- you know. Eleven championships. Like that's I don't care what era that is. That's <laughs> that's wow. impressive. That's incredible, yeah. Yeah. But what how does this affect Duke in the long run? Is Duke still going to be like one of the top teams for years to come? Are they going to be more of like a second tier blue blood? Um, trying to think of like a good team to say is like a second tier blue blood. I, I don't know. Like not as much. I don't. I, I, I don't think they'll take a step back. Will lose their status of being like in the top five of like of college basketball, like consistently. No, I don't think so. And I think the reason, I think they'll still be at the top of college basketball. I think the reason for that is even after coach K leaves, they hired from the inside, they hired the next person up who knows the system, who's familiar with the system and who knows how to recruit players. And and like, I think I, when, 
when I I've had forgotten his name. It's John, it's John something, but he's the, in his first year, he recruited, I think the first recruiting class of his was Jason Tatum's and that that's, that's pretty good. So I, I, I think that, but you know what? It's all about recruiting. Like if you don't get the, if you don't get the recruits and you're not going to be good and that doesn't just go for Duke, that goes for everybody. Yeah, so their new coach is uh, it's John Shear, I believe that's Shire. how it's pronounced. Shear, Shire. Um, he played I might it. Be pronouncing that wrong, and if I am, I'm sure that in due time I will learn it <laughs> because he will become a very predominant figure. But like you said, I think it was smart for both of these teams to recruit in house because I really feel like Coach came Roy Williams a couple of old guys like they're both old i don't know williams exact age i know shashevsky is 75 um, for coaching is old and so that and they're such good coaches that they knew that eventually it was going to come and i think that they were planning on this and over the last couple years have been like breeding their replacement training their replacement and i think that when the time comes that way he'll be ready and they're going to really use him to be like, look, I mean, I may not be here anymore. And they'll say this to recruits. It's like, like coach K could say like, I'm not here anymore, but this guy is like, you can trust him. And this is the guy that you want. Um, and so I think that that's definitely a good thing as opposed to getting a coach from, you know, like a good coach from another power five school um, kind of like what Texas hiring, Chris Beard, even though I love Chris Beard, like I love the guy. And so I think that that was just really smart of them. And I agree with you that I think that both Duke and UNC will continue to be predominant basketball teams. And I don't see them falling off anytime soon. Granted, both of them over the last couple of years have had bad years, but yeah, I think that, um, I, North Carolina last year, back in the 2019-20 season, when they were just absolutely abysmal, Garbage, I yeah. think that a lot of that was injuries. Um, and I think that yeah, this year, I think yeah. that was because I think that the pandemic really hit the home to both these coaches. Being older, older guys and that kind of, you know, like the older – older people were more cautious with this virus. And so I think that that really hurt them as opposed to a team with a younger coach. Yeah. Who might be more, not, not less cautious, but more, I don't know, like free about it and stuff. I, I can't really think of a good word for this. I did see an interview on FS1 with uh, coach K. He was tuning into the herd and he, and he was saying like, I'm not retiring because of, you know, COVID or anything it's just like he stated that you know he's 75 (laughs) he's 75 years old and and he think he just thinks that it's time and I knew and it's hard because I knew that when Roy Williams retired I was like wow it's the end of an era because you know it's like like the dude's been (sighs) coaching for way before we've been living Right. Like with all of them. And the thing that I think kind of sucks about it the most is I wish that Roy Williams would have been like done the same thing coach K did 
and been like oh maybe at year. The end of the year, especially since like Coach K is not doing that. I wish Roy Williams would come back and be like, hey, so I kind of changed my mind. I'm gonna stick around for one more year, <laughs> and then like both of them would finish at the same time. And Roy Williams definitely deserves to have like his own kind of year long send off like Coach K will get. I mean, no matter what I'm very, yeah. plays in, he's going to get a full crowd standing ovation, all of that, which he's this, this is Coach K's farewell tour. Yeah. And I think that I wish that Roy Williams would kind of get that too, but yeah. What it I, it's funny because when Roy Williams announced his retirement, it was on April Fool's Day. Yeah. And we I thought, thought it, I thought it was fake. <laughs> I thought it was fake and we were just like there's no way and then my dad calls me he's like no it's real and they like, were supposed to have a press conference that day and then something happened where they had to move it to the next day so I was like oh yeah it's definitely fake and it turns out yeah. it wasn't it took me like yeah. three days before I realized I was like oh yeah he like actually retired <laughs> I will say this one last thing about just the ACC as a whole um, being from North Carolina and just observing everything that has been going on. It's so, it's been so much different, like the conference as a whole, because like the ACC was built on college basketball, like do like, like North Carolina has six national, uh, like since the formation of the conference in 53, Duke has won six national titles. Carolina has won five. North Carolina state has won two. Virginia has won one. And even when Maryland was in the ACC, they won one in 2002. And you just, you know, and you had these legendary coaches like Dean Smith and Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski and, you know, Tony Bennett in Virginia. And then and Mike Bray. And, and even now, and even now, Jim Beheim up in Syracuse. Yeah, you got to wonder uh, when the clock's going to strike zero on him too. I don't, yeah, I don't. It's it's definitely the end of an era for ACC basketball. I don't know where they're going to turn to next because it's it's going to be different. But I hope it's for the better. So yeah. So but but yeah, Jim Beheim is the last one standing. Yeah, and I think that Jim Beheim will probably be gone in a couple years. Um, also, yeah. Also, I, I didn't think, know I think when his son when his son is done. I I think that's when he'll call it quits. Yeah. Also, I didn't know Leonard Hamilton, the head coach of Florida State. I didn't know he was in his 70s. He is a very young 70-year-old. Like, he does not look like he's 70. I would say he's like late 50s. Oh, or he 60s, does not. I had to guess. But I hope things change for the better. But I, and I think they will uh, as, as for Duke and North Carolina just because they hired on the inside. Yeah. So we're going to shift it up. Over to baseball. We have a, we're going to get into some playoff talk for basketball and hockey after this. So, but we we haven't really talked about baseball in a while on the show. And you know, they say that you're not like by Memorial Day, you'll know where your team is at for the most part. And Memorial Day was this past week. So, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, Scout. Who is the who do you say is the biggest surprise team right now in baseball? I got to go with my Rays, man. I I don't know what's gotten into them. They trade away Blake Snell and then they're and then they win 20 of their last 25. 
It's just unbelievable. I, I did not see this coming. It's just so shocking to see how the total, the total 180, how they just come and bounce back from something like that and a World Series loss to add to that. So got to go with my raise. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that for me, though, there's a couple teams. I guess I'll kind of give one in each league. In the National League, the Giants. The Giants currently have the best record, or excuse me, second best record in baseball behind your Rays, actually. Um, the Rays now have the best record in baseball. But the Giants are half a game back, and quite frankly, I did not see that coming at all. Now, yeah, only two games back of that is the Red Sox. And now, I'll where did they that's from? even more shocking because that's <laughs> terrible. Where did they come from? You know, and then, it like sometimes whenever you think the Red Sox are going to be good, they're not. And when you think they're going to be bad, they're good. So and then I'll, I, I don't know. And then, yeah. And then the I was watching my race today. They blew the Yankees out of the water. It was like nine to one. I was like, where is this coming from? Well, speaking of the Yankees, that brings me to my next question. Who would you say is the most disappointing team this year? <laughs> it's gotta be the Yankees. It's gotta be for, for at least for me, because I think that fans are so hyped up about the Yankees that like, oh, this is our year to bounce back after we had so many injuries and whatnot. And it's just, it hasn't worked out that the way people thought it would. Well, the Yankees are only half a game out of a playoff spot. So if that's being disappointing, then I guess by Yankee standards, yeah, that would be disappointing. Right. Um, For me, though, I got to go with the Twins. I had the Twins winning the Central this year. Um, oh, the reason I didn't pick the White Sox is because of having LaRusse as a manager, which I've said it before, I'll say it again, it has not worked out great. You've seen that, like, it, exactly what I predicted um, has come to pass. You know, I'm like Thanos, you know, I'm a prophet over here. I said that that team is full of energy and, like, hype, happiness, all that, and La Russa is just old school, like, show up, like, as if it's some type of nine-to-five job and then leave at the end of the day and have no fun doing it. And the White Sox are one of the teams that has the most fun, and clearly it has created a rift in the clubhouse. Um, And I don't think that – I don't think either one's going to budge. Obviously, the players, especially nowadays, aren't going to back down on anything – um, and Larusa is older than Moses himself, and so he probably yeah. won't either. So, my next question is: Who do you have as the MVP? So, obviously, there's two MVPs in baseball, one for each league. So, yeah. who are your two MVPs? If things continue that the way things have gone, I've got to go. And I and I've always been a fan of his because he's because he's always on my TV screen for like regional TV. It's it, Ronald Acuna Jr. He's all he's always a big time player for the Braves, and and they have a big series coming up against the Dodgers. And Go Dodgers. I don't. Sorry. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. 
But and I think that this will be the real te- – like you said, most teams know where they're at by Memorial Day. If the Braves can get past this team, I think it will really show Acuna's MVP race as far as, like, can he take this team as far as they, they want to go. And then for the and then for the American League, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm not quite sure actually. <laughs> I don't know. Well, for the American League, for me, I think there's it's kind of like a runaway. I don't want to say runaway because it's the beginning of June, but like if if the season ended today, I think it would be a pretty clear and obvious pick. And for me, that's Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's of Toronto, yeah. He leads. Um, Guerrero Jr. currently leads the American League in average home runs and is one RBI behind Jose Abreu. Like, he, the dude has a legitimate shot to win a triple crown this year. Yeah. Because um, in home runs, he's got a comfortable lead. Um, I believe the second in the American League is like two or three behind him. He's only behind one in RBIs. And he's up about 0. 0.01, 0. 0.013 in average, which sounds like not a lot, but I mean, it's, it's a decent cushion for now. So yeah. that, that would be my MVP. So I don't remember what your World Series prediction was at the beginning of the year, but who's your World Series prediction now? At the beginning of the year, it was the White Sox. I had the White Sox winning the Central, and I had them them being the number one in the American League. I just <sighs> oh, and who do you have now? I'm sorry. Like, did you have them winning the whole World Series? Or going yeah, to- I had them. I had them beating either the Dodgers or the Padres. It didn't okay, matter. So they, were gonna, the they were going to be. We all know it's going to be the Dodgers. I'll help you out there. Appreciate it. But <laughs> then the <laughs> then the Padres, yeah, I think Chicago would handle them pretty good. But now I gotta give I gotta I gotta give my team a little love, but I'll stick to I'll stick to the White Sox. I'll stick to the White Sox. Fair enough, fair enough. So for me, I had at the beginning of the year I had Dodgers repeating yeah. over the Blue Jays. Like I just said, I still have the Dodgers winning the National League. I think they're more experienced. I think that fully healthy, they're a better team um, just all around. So I have the Dodgers out of the National League winning the whole thing. At the beginning of the year, I said they were going to beat the Blue Jays. Now, I still think that's very possible that the Blue Jays could get there. They've kind of – like, they've been okay. They're starting starting a little slow, but I think they're finally getting back on track here. Um, but I'm going to go with, I'm going with the White Sox because I think that things are going to get to a point in the season where there were like, things just get worse to a point where they have to make a change. Kind of like what the Cavs did with David Blatt back. In who, who you talking about Chicago has to make a change. Yeah. And I someone think else they're going to part ways with La Russa. I think that there'll be more incidents. That, that makes sense. Out. I just don't think it's going to work out. And they have to realize that they have the roster to compete. Come on, midseason? Or... I, I don't know when it will happen, to be honest. I mean, it's got to happen soon, though. But the thing is, they're a game and a half out of the best record in baseball. Like, they could be the best team in baseball, or at least in the American League, 
with a manager that actually fits in their team. Right. Like, I still can't believe they hired him, and it's just it's just not a good fit. It's not working out. I mean, no matter saw... what they do, even if they go World Series, I have the Dodgers repeating. So if that team's healthy, I don't think anyone can beat them. Who who could give the Dodgers a run for their money in the National League? I think there's a few teams. I think San Diego can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I. I like outside uh, because everyone said that San Diego was the biggest threat to the Dodgers of the National League. So I was trying to think outside the box, like other than them, who would it be? And at the beginning of the year, I said Atlanta and St. Louis. And See, that's what I'm thinking. Atlanta. Atlanta is two games under 500. They haven't performed to the expectations, and they just lost Ozuna. That guy's not coming back. Like there's no chance that he's back. No. That guy has about as about the same percent chance of picking up a bat for a major league team as I do in the future. Like now, what did he, what did he do? Um, basically it was a really bad, like domestic violence incident with his wife. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Like I didn't know what it's, exactly. It, it's really bad. Like that guy should not be playing. Like he, he shouldn't be doing anything. He should be in jail. Like unless there's some major detail that comes out, that like we don't know about which i can't really think of much that would change this but there would have to be an absolute like bombshell type thing for people to be like oh shoot unless like, unless the girl came yeah, out i'm not going to talk like, about like the exact details of what happened on air um just because like it it's not something that i really want it's to not our place it's not yeah it's it's not something to talk about on on a show like this. It, it's just really bad, but he should not be playing anymore. I will say, I just hope, I just hope everything gets worked out. And we just, at Erie uh, Atlantic do not condone domestic violence, um, sexual assault, anything like that. It and it, honestly, it's sad. Anybody. It's really sad that it seems like sports is riddled with that a lot. Um, you, know, you see that all the time with athletes and. It, it's sad, like, because yeah. there are kids, there are kids out there that look up to you, and you are like one of their biggest heroes. And then, and then you and, go out and do something like that. Yeah, and that that's just disappointing. It just. Um, but we're gonna move on, yeah. um, and we're gonna talk NHL. Yes, sir. So, some hockey. We haven't really been able to talk much hockey. Uh, with Brandon, because Brandon knows about as much about hockey as I do about soccer. So, <laughs> Scout luckily knows a little bit more about it than he does. So, from the first round, I don't really know if there's anything you want to talk about. It's the second round now. Uh, I'm watching a couple games. Boston actually just scored an overtime to take a 2-1 series lead. Brad oh. Marshall scored the goal, which I absolutely hate. I despise that man. Um, he looks like a literal rat. And so, of course, it'll be him. God, I hate that. Um, it's so, yeah. But I don't know. Really, the only thing that I I think about the first round was Toronto. Oh, my gosh. Toronto choked again. It, this has just become a yearly thing. It's like if Atlanta had a hockey team still, it would be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like. It's just not. It's like year after year. 
Like, you better be happy that you're playing. You think it'd be an advantage to play to ha- to play all the Canadian teams in one division. You think it'd be an advantage, but Canadian for, for Toronto, for Toronto, Canadian teams do seem to choke more than like American teams do. Um, but like Toronto, just it's every year. It's last year they should have beat Columbus in like the qualifying round or whatever that was called, and they didn't. Yeah, it was qualifying. Yeah. Um, and then this year they're up three one. Obviously, they blew a couple series against Boston over the last couple years. It's just every year, like, and they have all these big names. They have Austin Matthews, who I think should be MVP, and obviously John Tavares, and. And all these yeah, they had a couple. Just, they can't get it done. Yeah, they've had a couple of top three picks. A riot. They've had a couple of top three picks in years past. In recent history, it's just they're just not getting it done. I don't understand. You know, and it's not like it's a. It's not like it's a. Oh, like oh, the, this is the first time. No, it's they're consistently bad. It's when it, when it comes to clutch time in the playoffs. Like, I in all four sports, I don't know if I've seen a team choke like this just year after year. Like, I, I really don't think I have. I mean, like you say, obviously, like the whole city of Atlanta and Georgia just consistently does, but that's like multiple teams. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen a team that's blown all these leads every year. I really don't. Mm-mm. However, that brings us to the second round. So we're kind of just going to gonna rattle off some of these series. Vegas and Colorado. Vegas is now up 2-0 on the – or, excuse me, Colorado's up 2-0 on the Avalanche. It, does Vegas have a chance in this series? Because it seems like as of right now, Colorado is just running circles around them. What was the score of that one game against Vegas? It was like 6-1, to 5-1. to Game one, Colorado won 7-1. to one. Oh my lord! I, I don't think they do. I think that Vegas was lucky to get out of the first round. I think they put what was who did they play Minnesota mm-hmm. in the first round. I think they were lucky to get out of that one. I just well, they almost blew a three-one lead against them, which would have marked uh, like the third straight year or third time in four years that they would have blown a three-one lead in the playoffs because they've done it twice before. And Greg, this team has only been in existence for was this their fourth year now? I think 2017. See, so, yeah, it was yeah. This is their fourth year um, as a team. <laughs> so yeah, it was the last two seasons they've blown a three-one lead. Yeah, I. It seems like it seems like Colorado is just blowing them out of the water, yeah. off the ice. I just I don't see them. Out of the, but frozen. you never know. They're blowing. They're you blowing never them out of the frozen water. <laughs> they're probably sending the Avalanche back to Vegas, but I just, it's going to be tough. But we'll see what happens. So next is a series that you've been following a lot, and that would be the reigning champs, Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I almost said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the wrong. <laughs> They, they are also the reigning champs, too. And then you have the Rays, who are reigning American League champs. So, a lot of success in Tampa. Right. Except when the Raptors play there this season. They sucked. 
Um, yeah. But no, the Tampa Bay Lightning against your Carolina Hurricanes. So it's kind of like yeah. a mini rivalry, you versus Brandon in the world of hockey. Um, but just let it all out. I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I'm going to leave this whole part to you. Um, Cause obviously, you know, you've been watching it a lot more thoroughly than I have as a fan. So, so I was, I was very stressed even in the first round when they were playing, when Carolina was playing Nashville and I thought, you know, okay, we're up to nothing. Oh, the series is tied all of a sudden. And then we ended up winning the last two. But then when we got to Tampa, um, we have home ice advantage. And it seems – I'll tell you what the problem is, Joey. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is we're getting penalties at the worst times. Like, I, I think – because I went to – I went – I was there at game two the other night, and Sebastian Ajo got sent to the penalty box – and what happened, it just throws our whole defense off and we can't defend, not like Tampa Bay defends because they defend, their defense is fantastic. But we just, and I'm not going to throw it all on Rod Brindamore, the head coach, because I, I think he's a, I think he's a great coach. I think he's better than what we've had in the past as opposed to uh, Peters and uh, other coaches. But we need to stay out of penalty trouble. And it's and like we in our lines, we just can't we can't get it in a position to score because it's just Tampa Bay is either down on our they're just down our you know they're creeping down our backs every time, and and then you have these other player or Carolina's players. I'll, I'll use Sebastian Ajo again as an example. He'll take the puck. And he'll skate, he'll skate down the ice. It's a three-on-one with Sebastian Ajo being the lone Carolina player trying to take it himself. That's not gonna work. It's not gonna work if you're the Hurricanes. And but I'm looking, I'm watching the score right now. It looks like it's gonna go into overtime. Yeah, I'm, I actually am watching it, and it's funny that you say that because they got they got a penalty. Like they put Tampa Bay on the power play with a minute left in regulation and with five seconds left in the game, Tampa Bay on the power play, the goal horn goes off, the smoke machines go off, you know, but they didn't score. So like the game is in Tampa, whoever runs like the goal horn and you know, like they shoot like smoke up into the air. They thought that they scored and they didn't. So it was a false goal horn with five seconds left, but the game is now in overtime. Uh, Tampa will have a, about a minute on the power play to start the overtime period of sudden death. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. I will say though, that Carolina has done a very good job at killing the penalty when they've been down. I know against Tampa, not so much, but when they played Nashville, I think they were in 18, there were 18 instances where the Canes sent someone to the, to the penalty box and, you know, we held our ground. I think it was like, we either gave up one goal out of 18 penalties or zero out of 18. So, you know, we're doing something right. So I'm happy about that. Well, the next series, we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, 
we have Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, the three, the, they're the three and the four seed in yeah. the Canadian division, which the yeah. Bank North, as it is officially called. So we, we already talked about like Toronto and Montreal there. And then, but Winnipeg, Winnipeg just swept through Edmonton and Edmonton who ha- has, who I believe is the best player in hockey and Connor McDavid. They blew yeah. multiple leads throughout games in that series. Um, so I, Montreal took game one yesterday. However, at the end of the game, um, there was a nasty hit. I saw that. Oh my gosh. By, yeah, by Mark. Uh, I just like lost my train of thought. By Mark, Mark Shifley. And I'll tell you what, like the guy, the guy hit Evans. They had to stretcher him off. And it was a really scary sight. But like I've watched the clip a couple times. And I don't think it was a dirty hit. Like he got suspended four games for something that it was honestly a clean hit, in my opinion. It, a lot it, of people are saying the same thing. It, it was just I think people are getting the p the way the or the reason that people were like overreact not overreacting because it was you know he was knocked unconscious, but yeah, I think that's, that's why people are making a big deal out of it is because you know the National Hockey League it's not like the rest of the four major sports like we're trying like but they're still trying to put an emphasis on safety. And I think when you have someone in the playoffs that's knocked unconscious with that kind of hit, I don't, I don't, from the look, when I saw the clip, he wasn't even, he had just scored the goal. And yeah, hit I like, don't know if, in the net. I don't know if it was like one second earlier, if he had made the hit that it would have mattered, but it, it was like, I think bad. that, now, would you have a problem with it if they did not suspend him and he was still knocked unconscious? I mean, personally, I don't think he should have been suspended. Okay. And if he was to be suspended, I don't think it should have been more than a game max because, like, I I don't think that it was a dirty play. It's not like Shifley is the type of guy to have the reputation of being, like, that type of player. Like, he's not a Tom Wilson out here. Um, who's known to do this type of stuff. Like, I think that the thing about it is, is like they were going for the empty net goal and he was trying to just, the guys wrapping around and. Of course, that's hard to put do. the puck in the net. And this guy is coming full steam ahead and trying to stop it. So it's like. The guy's not really, focused there really on. Wasn't much, there really wasn't much that Shifley could do. It's like, okay, so do you give up the goal. You go for a diving poke check and then risk diving headfirst into the post or into the boards. Um, it, he didn't really have many options. And it's not like Jake that, Evans is focused on, you know, Mark coming at him. He's focused on getting the go, the puck in the net. Yeah. Well, the interesting. Well, he's not even looking. He never he never brought his head up to look. He was looking at the puck the entire time. If he had been aware of what was going on, I think he would have dumped it back in the corner where he had a teammate there who could have put it in as well. Um, and I'm not trying to like beat down on this guy because you know, like he just got hurt and all right. that. Um, but it, it just the play as a whole was 
It's not good. And I hope that Evans is good soon and has a speedy recovery um, and that it's nothing too serious. Um, they said that, like, he's in stable condition. Um, That's good. And that, like, overall, I, I believe he's going to be okay. Um, but the thing, it's an overall unfortunate thing because with the NHL, they're damned if they do, damned if you don't. If they don't suspend him, there's going to be a lot of people pissed off about it saying, that, like, they don't care about player safety and, you know, they're just letting people get hurt. But if they suspend him, there's people, you know, calling him soft or saying that there was a clean hit. Um, that's why, personally, I thought that was like, if he is to get suspended, it should be a game mode. I mean, and I said, I was like, like, my honest prediction was, I said, he'll probably get a game or two suspension. I really think the four games four. for that is way too much. Um, but, but was it a hockey play? Yeah, it was a hit. Like, well, yeah, I know that, but like, he wasn't really. I, I, I do think that with Mark being out, it kind of. Is, is the, guy just, the guy landed weird. Yeah. Uh, it was the way he landed. Like, it wasn't the hit. It was just he landed weird. Um, but it's not like, like, like we're not diminishing Jake Evans, him being hurt. Like we still, you know, sympathize for yeah, the guy. Exactly. I, I just personally, I, I don't know. We're not sure what his intentions were. And so we're just going to, you know, I mean, like a lot of players have said kind of what we're saying. They've come out and said like, yeah, we hope he's okay. But at the same time, it's like Shifley's a good guy. And it wasn't that. Cause like, that he, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, I think not much more than I think can be said on it. Um, yeah, but it's a huge loss for for Winnipeg. I mean, I I already had Montreal oh, yeah. He's winning the series player. anyway, but this just makes it you know more you know likely. It's basically it's like they have to be able to force Game Six for him to come back, meaning that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what will happen. It's like, obviously, I think Winnipeg is just the better team, but Montreal is on fire right now. And just the way they've been playing, I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Canadians uh, forward Eric Stahl, former Canes forward. <laughs> Shout out to Canadians. Canadians actually have a couple former Blues players. Uh, Jake Allen, their backup goalie, and Joel Edmondson, one of their defenders. But shout out to Canadians fan Drew Grushow, uh, my former college roommate who completed uh, his job training in the Army this I week. I saw that. So congratulations to him. Um, I don't think he listens to our show, but thank you for serving our country. Um, we love the vets, the veterans, and um, the military at Erie to Atlantic, especially with Memorial Day being this past week. Um, to anyone listening that is a veteran or in the military or has a family member or friend, we appreciate the military and we live in such a great country. And for the people that have laid down our lives so that we can sit here and BS about sports, um, it's it's a blessing. And it, it's just – there's a lot of places on this planet that you can't do that. And there are a lot of days that I wake up just thankful that I live in a country that I'm able to do that. So we, we thank 
all veterans, especially those who have laid down their lives for the country. Yeah. So. And uh, uh, just to be with the families who have lost loved ones. Absolutely. Um, the next series in the NHL, the last of the second round, Boston, New York. Um, Boston just won in the last half hour. They scored an overtime to beat New York, take a 2-1 series lead. A lot of people are saying that Boston is a clear favorite in this series. I don't know. Um, I, I think New York has a chance, though. Yeah. You got any thoughts on that, Scout? Is this the second – was that the second overtime game of the series? I think you're right. Yeah, because I know New York won one game that was in overtime. But I think this is I think this is gonna this is a good matchup right here. I mean I think if Boston I think Boston can come out of here in either six or seven, and then if New York I think New York can do the same thing, six or seven. So I think it's it'll be a true it'll be a knockout. Or not knockout, it'll be a close fight. Yeah, I Boston was the number three seed in the East District, and New York the number four seed. Um, so I, I think they're two really good teams. Yeah. Um, I think that Barry Trotz for the Islanders is one of the best coaches in the league right now. Um, I think Boston has a more talented roster, but I mean, New York's roster is nothing to joke about, and they have a great coach. Yes. And I, I think this is going to be a seven-game series. If I had to pick someone, as much as I hate to say it, I would pick Boston just because they – come playoff time, they're, they're just good every year. Like, I hate it, but it's just how it is. Yeah, uh, they, swept, they swept my Hurricanes uh, two years ago in the conference finals. They swept the Blue Jackets. Or no, they didn't sweep the Blue Jackets. I think they beat them in six. I remember that. But – my Blues avenged your Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup final, winning in seven games to get their first ever cup. Congratulations. I know. Yeah, oh, that felt so good. Oh, I miss those days. I really do. However, yeah. we're going to switch over to basketball now. And as I say that, Lakers' sons just tipped off game six. Uh, Phoenix up 3-2. Anthony Davis is playing. Uh, I don't think anyone truly knows how healthy he is. But like I've been saying all day, if that dude can walk, he needs to play because if he doesn't play, they will not win. And I think another key to the game that's just as important is Dennis Schroeder really needs to play better. He was that was one of the worst playoff performances I think I've ever seen <laughs> in in game five. Oh, and he just got a layup. So we are 40 seconds into the game, and he has already outscored his game five total. So What, Schroeder Davis? Schroeder. No, Schroeder. Well, I mean, Davis had zero points in game five because he didn't even play. <laughs> so that should be yeah. easy to pop. Um, but we're going to start off in the East. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these – actually, the East first round, I believe, is done now. All four – we have four teams that have advanced, so we're going to – all four of these will be a recap yeah. now. First up, yeah. it's not often that I'm wrong. <laughs> I was wrong on this one. At the beginning of the season, I said the Wizards are going to the conference finals. Who said that? Who said I that? Did. I did. <laughs> and then they and made the play. Y'all called me crazy. 
and when it came time for for the playoffs, I I don't know if I actually thought it could happen or if I just wanted to stick with my preseason pick, but I said I said that they were going to beat the Sixers and then they beat the Hawks and go to the conference finals. Um they lost in five to the Sixers. I'm glad it wasn't a sweep. So Philly's moving on. That's really all I have to say about that series. You know, I, I was wrong for those of you who like hearing me say that. Um, soak it up while you can. It doesn't happen often. Hmm. So, well, as far as that series, I was right. Um, <laughs> as far as that series goes, um, I had I had it going in a sweep, and it was almost that way. And that brings me to a to my first talking point. Um, why did the Wizards win Game Four? The reason was because well, one a main reason was because Joel Embiid went out of the game early. I think it was like second quarter, close to halftime, or third quarter, coming out of halftime, something like that. But another factor that attributed to that was Ben Simmons' poor free throw shooting. And I'll tell you I, what, that's going to cost them down the line. If that doesn't get fixed, that will lose them games. That's what I'm saying. Scott Brooks, no, he he knew, he knew. If if I just foul Ben Simmons, I can get out of here with a win. And played the hack a shack strategy exactly. And Ben Simmons, he down the stretch, he hit about fifty percent of his free throws. Like he missed one, and then he make one, make one, miss one. Oh, dude, it was I don't about fifty. It's about fifty percent. And you know that's smart. If you can foul a guy and he misses at least one shot, one shot at the free th- at the stripe, then then that's you can, a win. You can, that's yeah, that's a win. And but I'll I'll tell you what, the Sixers should have won that game. Bradley Beal didn't have a good game. Russell Westbrook, particularly, he still had a triple double, but it was it just it just wasn't the the three pointers were not falling for Russell Westbrook in game four. And I think that ultimately that's the reason that, you know, I'll tell you what, I don't know how Philadelphia won game five. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but uh, it, I don't know. I don't think that Beal was really fully healthy from the injury he had throughout the season. Yeah. And then Westbrook got hurt. Uh, what was that game two? It was whatever game he yeah. got popcorn dumped on him, and he didn't look healthy the rest of the season either. And so I think that, and I'm not trying to play the injury game to be like, oh, they only won because of injuries because Joel Embiid obviously was out for the last game and a half. Yeah. Um, I do think that that was definitely a big, it, it hurt Philly. No, no pun intended, or excuse me, it hurt Washington. Um, but injuries are part of the game. Just ask the Lakers. Yeah. Our next series I'm pretty sure that was injury-free. Um, there's a new king in New York, and his name is Trey Young, a.k.a. Ice Trey. I had Hawks in six. Uh, I gave New York too much credit. Brandon's NBA champion, as he said on our last episode, which it turns out he was joking a little bit, um, is gone. The Knicks losing five to the Hawks. Uh, however, mad respect to the Knicks, though, on a great season. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, Trey Young is phenomenal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to go back and look at what my prediction for the playoffs were. I had on, now you got to remember this stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think yeah, I had Atlanta. I had Atlanta in six. I thought that I thought that I gave New York too much credit as well. But props to the to the Knicks. Julius Randle just popped off this year. I didn't really when they hired Tom Thibodeau. I didn't really see the potential. And then it's cl- it's clear that Tom Thibodeau loves working with Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose is a better player for it. So, but to have they they're easily the most improved team to go from not even in the playoffs to home court advantage in the first round. I'll, I'll give the Knicks a, oh, I'll give the Knicks a round of applause. So yeah, I completely agree. Um, they it was just it was a good year for them. Um, yeah. And I think that Knicks fans, it's gonna sting for a few days. Um, but you know you gotta you gotta look at it from a bigger picture. This season was a major success. Oh yeah, if they can build off this season. Uh, they can be in the playoffs for multiple years to come. You're right. But our next series was a quick one. <laughs> Actually, the quickest of the first round. Yeah. And that was Milwaukee, Miami. And really, there's not much to say. It was yeah. Giannis was amazing. The Bucks overall were amazing. And Miami never stood a chance, it seemed like. Basically, after game two in that blowout, it was just – it just felt like the series was over. Yeah. I feel like Miami just lost their will to try. Yeah. I just <laughs> – and then, well, Pat Riley better look at this and say, what do I need to do? Because you just got swept in the playoffs by a person – or by a team that we're talking about that underperformed last year. The thing about it is, is this Bucks team is not the same as it has been. I, I think know. the holiday edition was one of the most slept on additions of the off season of the entire season. Um, Cause what they really needed was a good point guard and they got one. It's funny. Cause they weren't even, they, they did not even plan on trading for drew holiday until after the Bobon deal fell through. Yeah. So it's crazy how that works out for them very well. I'm, I'm, I was impressed with Drew Holiday in the series. I was impressed with Chris Middleton in the series. The game winner in Game One, I was very impressed with that. It was almost, you know, I'm not, I'm going to disrespect anybody, but or respect anybody, but it, it looked, the fadeaway looked Kobe like. So I'm just, <laughs> I was very, it, it, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to compare, but it just looked like it. I'm just. Yeah, but I was very impressed with it. I'm I'm interested to see how they match up with Brooklyn in the second round. But um, Bucks are going to the Bucks. Heard it here first. Um, sure next did. up, Brooklyn and Boston. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, Gosh, I wish. But Brooklyn, all in all, they uh, they had their way with Boston, um, like a lot of yeah. people expected. Yeah, and they proved that. When they're big three, you know, when they, they gel together. Um, what did they combine for? A lot. There was one game they combined for over 100 points. And I tell you what, they are, they're a very good team. 
yeah. there's there is nothing no sugar coating that or getting around it oh boy i'm watching because we all thought because we, we game right now and anthony davis is standing in the corner and he just sat down at the bench this is not a good scene for la they're down oh, seven in the first oh boy that he just he is not looking good he's clutching trying to say this in a family-friendly way but He's clutching at his groin area. Um, oh, that's tough. I, I hate to see this. So it's like if if a team's going to lose, you don't want them to lose because of an injury, especially like yeah. a, a superstar like that. And it's like when I'm not saying this because I'm a Cavs fan and a LeBron fan, but even if you're a LeBron hater, you got to admit the playoffs. The playoffs are better when LeBron is in it. It's just more entertaining. Um, it, yeah, like when Toronto won, it was so weird not seeing LeBron in the 2019 playoffs. Yeah, It was like because he had made it eight straight times before that. Made it to the and, finals eight straight times. Yeah, he made right, it. Right, right, right. Like – It's weird. It's very – I'm not saying the game's over already. But yeah. It's but, uh, and before and going going back to the Boston Brooklyn series, um, I knew that that Brooklyn was going to be pretty good, you know, even before they had traded for James Harden. I was like, oh, they got Kevin Durant, they got Kyrie Irving. I, you know, early on, I had them going to the finals, and then when they had James Harden, I was like, oh, they're definitely going to the to the finals, and I'm just now. It's well, obviously things change, injuries happen, chemistry is you know changes. But I gave Boston, I didn't give Boston enough credit. I I had I had this in a sweep. Um, I think Jason Tatum in Boston's lone win in the series, he dropped fifty. It was fifty or fifty three. Oh but, yeah, it was um, the only thing. Like if it weren't for him, they they would have gotten swept. Um, right. He really kept them in that and gave them at least a little bit of hope. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, – and look, now LeBron's flopping again. Ugh. But it'll be – it'll be interesting to see what Boston does because, you know, you have um, Jalen Brown coming back. You're getting a new you're, – you're getting a new head coach next year. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, everything. Boston's going to be an interesting team. And a really funny thing just happened in this Laker game. Lakers had the ball down in the paint. I think it was Gasol went to like kick it back out top. LeBron was standing at the free throw line, and Schroeder was just outside the arch. LeBron just like leaped up and stole it from Schroeder, dropped an absolute dime to Caldwell Pope, who had a nice fadeaway three, and Schroeder turned the ball over on the next possession. This dude has been an absolute liability. And on my other TV, we have an overtime winner. The oh. Carolina Hurricane. Hurricane yes! scored. Oh, I just saw the score. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. With the refs. Sound Who's the goal horn, ladies and gentlemen.
Who scored there? I don't know. I was watching the Laker game. I look over and I see everyone celebrating. <laughs> oh, praise. Praise God. Oh, gosh. I saw someone from ESPN made a tweet, and it was um, – he's like, Carolina, can you go ahead and score in, in this overtime game so I can tune into the Lakers game? <laughs> I think oh, – I'm not sure. It might have been deflected by Stahl right in front of the net. Um, see, I, was that Aho who shot it? I think I think that was a deflection. It looked like it was deflected right in front of the net by uh, by Stahl. I think the initial shot was by Aho. Uh, They're giving credit to Aho. Are they? Okay. That's what it looks like. I'm I, not... I, know. I think it was a deflection. I mean, regardless, I guess it doesn't really matter who scored it. I mean, the... Yeah, win, win. Game, that's really what matters. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. Back to basketball. Now we flip it out west. Um, we'll start at the top of the bracket. Utah and Memphis. Uh, Memphis took game one, and that was about yeah. it. Um, that was it. <laughs> the only reason that they did take that game was because of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, and it looks like that proved to be the point. Um, yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, there really wasn't much. Uh, the last couple games, especially, Utah just, just pulled away and dominated. Oh, my God. Devin Booker just hit another three. They're up 17. Oh, So, this how – Over immediately. How impressed are you from seeing John Morant in his first playoff appearance? He dominated the playing game against Golden State. Yeah. And then he turned around and did it for a whole series. That they have a star. Like a yeah. A, he's gonna be a consistent all-star for years to come. They better hang on to him. They better sign him, extend him, whatever. I'm sure they will. They'll be making a major mistake. Like that dude, he will be one of the best point guards in the NBA. Like when Curry retires and, you know, Dame starts to fade out and Russ and Kyrie and those guys, like I think he and Trey are like the next generation of the top point guards in the league. Yeah. Um, he is absolutely phenomenal. And he really kept them alive in that series and in a lot of those games because Utah was the much better team. Like there's just no oh, yeah. about it. And yeah, you got three all you got three all stars defensive player of the year. They were one of I think they're only one of three teams this year with the shortened with because it was a shortened season this year. I think they played seventy two games. They're one of three teams to hit fifty wins this year, uh, with Phoenix and Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, they took care of business. Respect to respect to Utah, but I mean John Morant just exceptional yeah um the next series the clippers and the mavs is actually now one of two series that's still going on Um, the way this lakers game is looking after tonight it might be the only series still going on um but it it was weird it started off dallas won two games on the road went up 2-0 and everyone's thinking all right this thing's over and then the clippers respond by taking two on the road and it's like, okay, maybe they're going to win it. And then last night, Dallas go- goes into Staples Center on the road, 
and pulls away from the Clippers. So the <laughs> team in that series is now five and zero. Oh. You know, you know, you know, the Clippers haven't won a home playoff game at Staples since 2017. I, I could believe that because obviously last year um, they were in Orlando, and then 2019, 20, they got swept. They got swept in the first round because that was before. They were the- that was before that they was got before Kawhi and Paul George. And 2018, I don't know if they made the playoffs in 2018. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I'd, I don't know. But I guess the question, the question here is, is will Dallas finally you know break the streak and win a home game in game six, or will the road team win yet again and the Clippers force game seven? And if they do, who wins game seven? I'm not impressed with how Kristaps Porzingis is performing right now. I completely agree. Which, you know, if Kristaps Porzingis is your number two guy, then you need a new number two guy. He just like, he, like he, since he came over to Dallas that people thought he would be. Right. I just – now, I'm very impressed with what Luka Doncic has been doing. And granted, the Clippers were in position to win that game and get, to, to win game five. Like, Kawhi had his chances. Yeah, and Kawhi took a really bad shot at the end. Um, that was a bad air ball. When I, they were down three, I believe, and he just chucked one up and airballed it. Um, it and then in Rondo, the corner. Rondo was getting in his face like he was – Oh, yeah. Like it was LeBron and J.R. Smith or something. And rightfully so. I mean, it was a terrible shot, which you don't really see from quite often. Why yeah. um, is doesn't really get a lot of slander because it seems like every superstar gets a certain amount of slander, um, whether it's like LeBron or Giannis or Curry. But Kawhi is kind of like an exception to that cause, just because like he doesn't really get talked about that much. He's just he's a quiet guy. Um, he, I think he's a he's, a, he's a he's a fun guy. You know, like he wants. To. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, it's like, I that shot was just bad. I do think that Kawhi Leonard is a really smart basketball player. Like I he knows that play was shots. Like I think that he knows what shots to take and what shots to hold on. I like now. I also think I also think he knows when to pass the ball and when not to pass the ball. But <laughs> as far as Paul George is concerned, but <laughs> but oh, I think it was just one of those time. things where I think it was just one of those things where like time was running out and I think he just wanted to kind of get it over. I was scared that he might be fouled because a lot of teams, if they're up by three in the final possession, they will foul the opposing team so that way they can't shoot a three it was expected that was probably going through his mind and that's a small basketball thing to think about like the thing is is i hate that i hate when teams do that just because like i want to see the three i want to see a chance to like tie the game or something but like i it's like the shift in baseball i hate the shift but it's like i mean it works you on teams for doing it because it's smart you know it works so yeah that that's the way i see that i my gut tells me that Dallas is going to win. It's going to win Game Five. 
or game six, excuse me. But if Porzingis However, played, just the way just the way the series has gone, I have no idea what to expect. It'll be a coin flip on game seven. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, game seven, and it's the Clippers. I mean, I guess we did talk about, like, teams that, like, when we were talking about the Maple Leafs, it's like, who else is a team that just consistently chokes? And the Clippers are – Clippers, yeah. I guess we kind of forgot about them. Because, well, like, it's hard to compete against, you know, in Los Angeles when when you're comparing championships 17 to nothing. So, against the Lakers. But – um. But next is two teams that have combined for one championship and actually finished their series about an hour ago, and that would be yeah. the Blazers and the Nuggets. I didn't know that until I looked it up. Yeah, and the one championship that the Trailblazers have won was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they'll have to wait at least another year to, to break that drought. Um, they lost in game six tonight. Um to Denver, I had Portland in six. Uh, Dame is exceptional, but just CJ, I love CJ McCall. He's from my hometown, went to high school 10 minutes from me. He played awful in this series, especially over the last yeah, couple of games. He, he just didn't, he didn't do anything really to, to help them and to compliment Dame like he usually does. And Devin Booker yeah. just hit another three. This dude is absolutely insane. Wow. Yeah. But I just – I don't know because I had Portland winning this series. Yeah. And I had them winning in six. And I just didn't – well, the the Denver did win in six. But <laughs> but I just – number, right? I don't, CJ McCollum was just silent. And Dame kept doing – like, there is nothing wrong with Damian Lillard. Like – Oh, he's like, exceptional. I think that, like, when you talk about the best point guard in the league, it's usually between him and Curry. In the regular season, I'll take Curry. And, oh, my but God. Playoffs. Dude, Devin Booker just hit another three. Like, if you got – like, when – They're, up by, when they're up by 21 with a minute left in the first quarter. Oh, my God. This is insane. When, all right, sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. We'll get to the series in a second. I'm, I'm just watching this game. I've never seen a LeBron team just get shellacked like this, except like in 2018 when it was him and a bunch of bums against the Warriors. I'm not even gonna lie. This this Lakers team around him, outside of Davis and Drummond, which by the way, I don't know why they don't play Drummond more. Like I really don't get that. Yeah, I thought. But we'll, like, we'll wrap. We'll wrap the. Let's we'll wrap the Portland series up real quick. I just don't think that um, I didn't see it like. So what does Portland have to do now? They like, need it, another piece. Like they have a really good backcourt because I don't th- like. Oh these, yeah, these, I, I think, I think that's not normal CJ. Like normally right. in the playoffs, he is good. Besides um, this series, CJ McCollum compliments Damian Lillard very well. Perfectly, and, and it's, it's just. Like he's, it, it's not like he's a compliment, like he's just a role player. Like he's really good as a whole. Like he's a star in himself. Yeah. This is like they have a decent center. Um, Was it Nurkic? Carmelo Anthony. Um, but like at this point, it's. Who was their center? Was it, it was it Nurkic or was it Whiteside or was it? No, Whiteside's in Sacramento now. That guy fell off a cliff. 
Oh shoot! Uh, it's Nurkic and Cantor. I like both guys. They're both really good. I mean, neither of them are stars. But what what they really need? Well, who's there for? I think Covington. See, that's that might be a you know they they didn't really they didn't have like the forwards to match up because obviously we know Denver has Jokic, who mm-hmm. I think is going to be the MVP, should be the MVP. Oh my God, Phoenix just hit another three. Oh my goodness. They're shooting the lights out. Um, <laughs> I think they just need it. They need a good forward because Michael Porter Jr. was exceptional tonight. He had 22 points in like eight minutes in the first quarter. Um, he, he was in the most improved conversation. Yeah, I the thing about it is, is when he was getting drafted, and I think he went like 14th overall. I said, if this yeah, he guy, went at the end of the lottery. If yeah, if this guy gets healthy, I think he can be a really good player, and it's starting to turn into that. Um, yeah, because he's, he's a tall, lanky guy who knows how to play defense. He's a good. He's a good two way forward. Mm-hmm. I I think that. I guess that I thought that with not having Jamal Murray, um, that that would really hurt Denver, and it Maybe seems like uh, this dude Monte Morris was filling in for him and he was exceptional. Um, the star of the series though was definitely Dame Lillard, especially with that game five performance, all those was hitting in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, yeah. Dame, Dame deserves better. They need to, they need to put stuff around him. It's like John Morant in Memphis, but Dame has been there for, hell, it's probably almost 10 years it's now. It's been 10 years. It's been almost 10 years because yeah, he was in the same draft like, class as Anthony Davis, and he and Damian won rookie of the year. Really? I did not know that. I thought Davis did. But the thing about it is it's like I think they've made it out of the first round a couple times. Have they even made it to the conference finals? Or They have, yeah. They made it to the conference finals in 2000 – I think it was 2019 – Okay, so they played the Warriors because they played Golden State, and you remember Steph and uh, you remember Steph's mom and dad because Seth Curry was on the Blazers and they had the double yep, jersey. Right. I do remember that now. Yep. Yeah. Huh. And and yeah, you know, know who their favorite child is. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Seth Curry. Uh, hey, uh, went to Liberty for one year right now, and Steph's not. Yeah. So. However, we've, yeah. we've talked about it a lot over the last few minutes. The final series of the first round, the Lakers and the Suns, it is, we're live, live recording this during, uh, during game six. It's about quarter Anthony after 11. Anthony Davis got hurt halfway through the first quarter, and the Suns are absolutely shooting the lights out right now, and the Lakers can't really hit the broad side of a barn. Um. LeBron continues to pass to his teammates as if they're going to make anything. If I'm LeBron right now and Anthony Davis isn't coming back, which I don't think he's going to, uh, unless they give him like some super painkillers or he's like rolling a joint in the locker room, I don't think he comes back. If I'm LeBron right now, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm upset. Remember 2015, 2018, 2007? When he went to the finals with a bunch of scrubs, yeah, he's in the same situation. If I'm him, I'm driving to the hoop 
every single time. And if there's an yeah. open, if there's a wide open guy in like, the corner, then sure, maybe maybe kick it out there. Well, let's let's go back to the years that you were talking about. In 2007, who was the second best player on that Cavs team? It was probably Ilgauskas. Ilgauskas was good. Uh, and then, he was yeah. above average center, but it's like. And then you, and then you got 2015, Kevin Love and Kyrie were hurt, so it was probably JR. Yeah, there's like second best players. Yeah, like Jer Smith or Della Vadova or Mozgov. And then 2018, uh, Kyrie wasn't there, so it was probably Kevin Love. But Kevin would you Love have any of those guys for most of that playoffs? 2018, their second best player was. What did you say? 2018. Like 20, yeah, 2018. I think their like second highest scorer outside LeBron was like Jeff Green. Wow. Their starting point guard was George Hill. He's up there. Yeah, like people wow. say, oh, LeBron's lost all these times in the finals and everyone's kind of crapping on him now. It's like, you, you know, know, it's probably Larry Nance. He needs stars to win and all that. And this dude has taken just bums to, to the finals. And I think one thing that really does need to be said, if LeBron loses tonight and their season's over, and I'm not trying to make excuses because the Lakers, I still think fully healthy. They're one of the best teams in basketball. However, yeah. I think a lot of this, you got to look at the fatigue factor. Like Miami and Miami and LA played the NBA finals. The last game was like mid October. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what you're going with this. Yeah. Miami got swept in the first round and, Honestly, their roster was even better. I think that – and they had a lot of injury problems, and so did L.A. Or Drogic, I think. I really, I really think Bam, a lot of it attributed to – they didn't get an offseason to just recover. Like, I think that these the, are still worn out because they have like a month and a half off. And that yeah, because cool. it was the end of October, and then it was the start – because the end of October into November was the finals – and then around Christmas time was the start of the new year, of the new season. Yeah. And I'm sure that will be talked about in, like, the NBA Players Association meeting at the end of the year. I'm sure I'm sure that will be talked about. But I just – I don't want to blame everything on COVID – I, I'm, and not, the I'm not that have had to be made, but I definitely think it's a big factor because oh, you yeah. look like LeBron had the worst injury of his career this year, and, and he he, he said LeBron said himself hurt multiple times, but I I think that that's a big reason. Yeah. Um, because I if the Lakers are healthy, they're winning the title. They're definitely winning the conference. Yeah, I, I, had them, I, had to, I had them at the beginning of this year winning the title. Why? Because I don't bet against LeBron James. It's like Tom Brady in the playoffs. Exactly. And everyone's going to flip out because LeBron lost in the first round once. It's like Tom Brady. Like, how many times has Tom Brady lost in, like, the wild, the wild card round of the playoffs? Once, maybe, and that was against the Titans a couple years ago. Same yeah. with LeBron. LeBron is in his – 18th 18th year and this is the first time he'll lose in the nba playoffs 
and people. Are I think he's only missed the playoffs. Us. And people are going to try to like say that this is like a hindrance to his legacy or whatever. Dude, if you go 17 I mean, like, years without losing in the first round of playoffs, like granted, he missed the playoffs, I believe, three times. Um, first year, it. yeah, his rookie year and his third year, I believe, he missed the playoffs. So, like back and when then he, his first year, when he was 18 years old, he missed the playoffs and 20 years old, um, which you don't see a lot of these star players, you know, win a title year one. Like you don't. Trey Young didn't make the playoffs his first year. Luca, I don't, I don't think the made closest it. we've seen to it is Jason Tatum. John Morant didn't make it his first year. Like all these star players, the close, um, the closest we've seen is Jason Tatum. I don't think, I don't think the Thunder made it. Kevin Durant's first year. I might be wrong. I don't know. Well, they were in Seattle his first year. Yeah, I think you're right. But either way, I don't think they made. The either way, no. Um, but it's like, so, I mean, obviously those are two. And then the third one, LeBron missed like half the season. Um, and that was his first year in LA. So first year with a new team and you're not even playing. And then who those, did are you have? Times, those are three times he's missed the playoffs. And then this year losing in the first round to a really good Suns team. Um, I don't think people realize how good the Suns team is like, I don't think people. This, this is a matchup that honestly could have been like a conference finals, and it's in the first round, and it kind of sucks that it just landed that way. Um, you could say the same thing about Brooklyn and Milwaukee. We were talking about that earlier, off uh, off camera. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I'd, if you're really gonna try to try to act like LeBron losing in the first round for the first time ever in his 18th year with a two-month offseason and without his best teammate, then, yeah, I mean, you're clearly ignorant and just a LeBron hater. Um, that That's really all that there is to be said to that. Now, I do think that the Lakers – I'm, I'm going to watch the score real – oh, my Lord in heaven. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I will say this. I think the Lakers did a good job at adjusting – to, you know, oh my God, by LeBron adding Drummond in the paint, LeBron just got absolutely off on a on a layup attempt, and they called nothing. Now I know everyone says LeBron complains about the calls, but that's a call that I can understand and be. Oh, I've seen a lot of instances, and not even in not in recent history, but even when he was in Miami, people he tried to go for a layup, and people, you know, players would grab him by the shoulders. They just, you know, say, nope, <laughs> earn at the line. And Dude, they, I'm telling you, what, watching this game, it, no one knows how to make a shot. Meanwhile, Phoenix is making everything. It's a 27-point game with eight and a half minutes left in the second. Okay, so. This is like, I don't even know what to say right now. This. Okay, game, so uh, who's. If so I'm, you're LeBron, saying- I'm going out, I'm saying, Schroeder, you're gone. Cabo Pope, you're gone. Horton Tucker, whoever the hell that guy is, gone. Gasol, gone. Harold, gone. gone. Like, I'm freaking blowing it up, kind of like what he did with the Cavs multiple times. Like, so, everyone except – Everyone except well, Drummond, like, this team honestly sucks. I think Why things, would, I think things would be so much different if they did not – now, take it how you will. 
I think things would be a lot different if they didn't trade Rajon Rondo. I don't think they trade him. He was a free agent. Left. Oh, that's right. Because he I, no, I'm, you're right. Because he signed with Atlanta, and yeah. then he got traded to Los Angeles. If they did, if they re-sign Rondo, you know this this will this would be different because they've had I point guard problems. I do. I, I, they tried to sign both him and Dwight Howard, and you think about it, they lost a couple of really good veteran like players on that team. Like and I think that that is definitely a big part of, um, of why they're just not performing like they did last year. Okay. They don't have, so what like, do you... outside of LeBron and AD, like they don't have those leaders on their team. And I know Drummond's a two-time All Star. But what do you what do you do? I don't know why they don't play him more. I really don't. Gasol, I thought that Drummond. Okay, so here's my issue. Los Angeles, the Lakers lineup, they're playing like their lineup is made for big man ball. Yeah. But they're playing like it's small ball. Yep. And that's their issue. And like if you have. And I thought Davis, or I'm, th- I'm sorry, I thought Drummond would compliment Davis really well and help well, him out a lot him. on the board, you know. The problem is, is they don't play him. So is that on Frank Vogel? Like, do you get rid of Frank Vogel? Like, do you upgrade Jason Kidd to the, you know? I don't think Frank Vogel's a bad coach. Like, this is the only thing he's done that I don't really understand. I, I don't. I just don't get why they're not playing Drummond more. And really, other than that, like, they're rotating guys and stuff. And <laughs> when, and- when Jeannie Buss compares Andre Drummond to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you better play Andre Drummond. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I mean, I – They don't have a chance to get a high pick. They're they're just going to be sitting there. And I'm not saying that every player that gets picked after 14 is not good, but just the value there anymore. Yeah. Now, you'll you'll find in the late round and second round, that's proven by Draymond Green, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and others – but we need to just overhaul and clean house with the exception of Davis, James, and Drummond. Yeah, well, here's – Or even toss Drummond. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not opposed to them having Davis play center. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. The, the thing about this game is where we're sitting now. This is the perfect small winner. What? I'm saying Anthony Davis, he's a good small ball center. I don't he's coming he's out of college, he was a power forward. Like, he can play the center. He played the center in New Orleans for the most part. And he came to L.A., he's like, well, I don't want to play center anymore. It's like, well, you're a pretty damn good center, though. <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about this game is, is currently 
the Lakers are shooting seven of 26. You take out LeBron and they're shooting five of 20. So they're shooting 25% other than LeBron. Uh, LeBron raises that a little bit, but when you're shooting, you're almost halfway through the second quarter. And other than LeBron, you have a combined five field goals made. Like, and you haven't even hit the 20 mark. That you haven't hit the 20 good. mark, and Phoenix is almost hitting the 50 mark. Yeah, like Phoenix is currently up 26 points. Scratch that 28, and they just got to end one opportunity. They're almost up 30. And it's now, I don't think this, you know, LeBron James has had a ton of career, you know altering or career judging games like i don't think this lot you know if they do lose there's always you know we've seen we've seen stuff (laughs) we've seen teams come back but if lebron james does lose this game and if the lakers do get eliminated this does not diminish you know lebron who lebron james is this doesn't diminish you know his fantastic career already because, you know, he's already won a title in Los Angeles. And you can say that, oh, it was a bubble, you know, it was the yeah, bubble championship. It, bubble, it doesn't, it doesn't count. That, Heck, yeah, it counts. I think that that, that that championship was was even harder to win because, you know, they were they were clearly the best team in basketball all year last year. Like, from the very first game yeah. – until the shutdown and then throughout the bubble. And the thing about it is, is that before the shutdown, everyone's like, yeah, the Lakers are winning it all. Then the shutdown happened and they won it all. So like all these people try to backtrack saying, oh, well, it's a Mickey Mouse ring. It's like, dude, we all knew the Lakers (laughs) were winning it before that happened. And the fact that they had their season completely derailed when they had so much more momentum than anyone else, and they were able to pick up on that and just right. keep going. I think that, like, that just shows it was even harder to win because they would have had home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Um, they would have had everything in their mm-hmm. favor. And all right, so now the Lakers yeah. are on was a 9 0 run or 8 0 run, only down by 21. Watch out. <laughs> okay. I mean, we've seen crazy things. Back. Boy, if they come back and win this game and somehow win this series. (laughs) If they come back. I'll do that. That's oh my gosh. That that might actually like put LeBron's legacy up. Like we're saying this game isn't like a career altering game. If they somehow come back, there's not I'm saying (laughs) I'm saying if he loses, it doesn't matter. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But um that would just be wild. But so I have. Do to you have, believe uh, in miracles, Mister Keller? <laughs> man, I. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm a Cleveland fan. We live on miracles. Can't spell miracle without C L E, baby. This is the same yeah. guy who came back from a three-one lead against the seventy-three and nine Warriors and unanimous MVP. So. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. But I'm going to ask a question. Yeah. Your finals pick, I believe, let's see, you had, I know you had Phoenix and then you had Philly, right? I had Philadelphia. 
Yeah. Yeah. I you had I think you had Phoenix over Philly, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, it was flip flopped. Okay, you had Philly over Phoenix. That's funny. I had Philly losing the first round. Yeah. So <laughs> Philly Philly already moved on. Phoenix bearing a miracle is going to move on. We'll see. Are you changing your finals pick after this first round or are you leaving it the same? Oh yeah, I'm totally changing it. <laughs> just because just by watching Ben Simmons and those god awful free throws, I don't think that's going to be fixed at all. I think I think Doc Rivers is just going to kind of like shrug it off and see how long he can play out. It's like it's like playing with fire. You want to see how long you can, you know, you can play with it before you get burnt. <laughs> I think, and, and I think that eventually it'll burn them. Like yeah. the Ben Simmons free throw shooting will burn this, burn the Sixers. And, but I. <sighs> oh my God. I'm I, Milwaukee's growing on me. Well, Devin Milwaukee's growing on me, but with that being said, I'll. Yeah. I'll take – I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to have Milwaukee go into the finals, um, but they'll lose to Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. All right. Well, I had the Bucks out of the East, and I don't like changing up my picks no matter what, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, and then I had the Lakers out of yeah. the West – I had the Lakers going back-to-back, beating the Bucs. Uh, it does not look like that's going to happen. Uh, like I said, barring a miracle, the Lakers season is going to end tonight. Um, so I got to switch it up. And, and I was really torn. I, I said yeah. before I'm gonna... this, this series started, I said I think whoever wins a series is going to win the conference. And I'm sticking with that because Phoenix looked – has looked even oh, between, between Phoenix and I think that Phoenix is going to win the West. I really do, especially just the way that they played the series when Davis was playing and when he wasn't playing, it didn't really matter. They looked good either way. Um, I think that yeah. I think that they win the West. Um, and I hate to be a copycat. I think Phoenix wins their first NBA title. I think Chris Paul gets his ring. And I I might be biased in saying this. I don't know, but that that's my pick. I'm I gotta copy you. I'm going with the Suns over the over the Bucks. I so. and I'm changing it because I don't know the severity of Embiid's injury. But regardless if they if they, if Ben Simmons free throw shooting doesn't get better, then they'll lose in the conference finals. Because I think, I think that if Embiid comes back, they'll overpower Atlanta. That's just that's just how it's going to go down, unless unless Nate McMillan pulls a rabbit out of the hat and just you know <laughs> beats the tar out of him. But I mean, they could yeah. always just foul Simmons. You know, you start the game with like all your scrubs in, and then just foul him all the time. <laughs> the scrubs foul out because it's like it don't really because it's like a lot of teams play like the eight hack guys in the playoffs, and so it's like you get to dress fifteen, so you have at least five guys yeah. that probably aren't even going to touch the court no matter what. You put your 
two-way guys in there. Yeah, you put the third stringers in, you know. You call up guys from the G League or something, and you just have them yeah. say, all right, coach, what do you want me to do? Foul that guy. All right, like, you don't want me to guard? Nope, just foul, foul him. What about on offense? I don't care. Just foul Ben. Well, you know, on- <laughs> They're like, on offense, what do you want well, to you do? you know, Andre Drummond – It's uh, it's like, what about when we're on offense, coach? Uh, try to draw a foul on Embiid, <laughs> or give it to Trey Young. Like that, that's the that's gonna be their strategy. But you know, on Ben Simmons on offense, give it to Trey Young. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Right. All right, the Lakers are now down by less than 20. It'll be interesting. Watch out. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how um, how Los Angeles, if they lose, it'll be interesting to see how Los Angeles assesses the offseason. They got to do something. Because um, it seems like every time LeBron wins the league or wins a ring – the rest of the NBA just like goes nuts and everything just gets crazy. Like you look at when he won a ring with, um, with the Cavs and then Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors and like completely shakes the league. He wins a ring with the Lakers. Harden goes to the Nets and makes a super team there and the Bucks stack up and you know, the jazz, the jazz all this to stop and Phoenix goes and gets Chris Paul. So it's like whenever LeBron wins a ring, the rest of the NBA but, takes notice. But did you really think, because I didn't, did you really think that Phoenix would be this good with Chris Paul? Because I didn't. Uh, I think I had them be in the three seed or the four seed. I think I had like the Clippers and the Lakers at one and two. Um. I know I, I can pull it up in my notes. I beginning of the year I wrote down like my projected um standing. I, did, I just didn't yeah, see in the West at the beginning of the year I had I the, just Clippers, didn't see the Lakers, it. Dallas, Denver, Phoenix. So I had Phoenix in the five seed. However, I did say I remember I said at the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be Phoenix and LA, the Lakers in the conference finals. Yeah, I'm just pissed at their might as well be first round. Because like I, if I can't root for LeBron, I'm rooting for Chris Paul. And if I can't root for Chris Paul, I'm rooting for LeBron. So it really sucks that, like, one of them has to get eliminated early by each other. Um, but I, I really thought I was like – Do you think that if – I had Phoenix a little lower in the standings is I thought it might take a little bit of time for the chemistry to kind of flow. And honestly, it didn't. Um, but I, I just think yeah. that – Well, I knew – well. Devin Booker really wanted Chris Paul or Devin Booker was out of Phoenix. That's just how it was going to go down. I mean, I don't know if it was exactly Chris Paul, but I think Devin Booker just wanted they want, He wanted somebody. He wanted someone because it's kind of like they didn't really do anything. It's like with Dane. Like, they didn't do much to put stuff around him. Because, like, like, I mean, even the DeAndre Ayton pick was, you know, it wasn't questionable because he was, you know – yeah, the number one pick, but it was like in a class of Luca and Trey. But they chose players like 
Josh Jackson and Dragon Bender. And yeah, I'm just sitting yeah. and, and I'm just sitting here like, 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 what? What are y'all doing? All right, so so I gotta ask but, um, the last NBA thing, and then we're gonna get into the trash can of the week. Um, I, I gotta ask you this: Chris Paul is a free agent at the end of this season. Do you think okay. he's gonna stay? I mean, I think a lot of it will depend on how far Phoenix goes. Um, yeah, but do you think that he's gonna stay in Phoenix? Is he gonna leave? Could he possibly be that missing piece for the Lakers and play with, you know, his best friend, LeBron? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? If he – like you said, it depends on what happens this postseason. If he wins a title, I wouldn't be surprised if he calls it quits. If he wins a title. But – um I don't think he's. Yeah, a, he's got a lot. That's, that's just me. But, but, but he wanted to. He wanted to get traded to the Lakers about a decade ago, and the NBA vetoed it. And then he got he, and then he went to the Clippers. It wouldn't surprise me that he would, you know, want to go to, and you know, see how things turn out there, but. And I thought that he was going to play with LeBron about five, four years ago when – because me and you, we talk about this, how, you know, you could have traded Kyrie for Chris Paul. Oh, do you If Kyrie Irving at the beginning of free agency that he wanted out of Cleveland, we could have done a sign and trade for Chris Paul, and I think we would have. We get Chris Paul for four years, and this is the fourth year of that deal – and if he's there, I don't think LeBron leaves Cleveland. So we have Chris Paul and LeBron and probably still Kevin Love in Cleveland. Yeah. And we're probably on our way to another finals appearance. We would be playing in – what would that be like? I think this would be our seventh straight finals appearance by now, probably. I mean, I don't think any – Yeah, of, and it would be 11 – I don't think Kawhi would get traded. I don't – if LeBron is still there, I don't think Kawhi gets traded to the Raptors. I think he's saying, hell no, I don't want to go to the East and face LeBron before the finals. Um, oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah. always been good against LeBron. See, see, it's funny. See, it's funny. Like, you hear these people say, oh, the Eastern Conference is weak. That's why LeBron, you know – and then LeBron goes to the West and, you know, people go to the East, you know, like LeBron goes to the Le- LeBron goes to the West. What does Kevin Durant do? He goes to Brooklyn. What does Russell Westbrook do? He goes, well, he got Russell Westbrook got knocked out by LeBron uh, last year, That's but he goes to Washington. Same with Harden, Harden and Westbrook. What does James Harden do? Go to Brooklyn. What is, you know, like you, you start to see a theme here that people are just more – they're scared to face LeBron. And yeah, it seems like the LeBron. only team that has remained consistent as I mean, far Grant as roster blame them. is Golden State and, and, and Portland to an extent. But, but here, here's the thing. You know, we, I, I'm, I'm asking what the Lakers might do, and I think that the biggest need is they need a better point guard – um, because Schroeder just has not been good this year. 
Um, and there are some really good point guards that they can get. Free agents this year, both are Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Kyle yeah. Lowry, and okay. DeMar DeRozan. He may be a, a shooting guard for the most part. But, I mean, honestly, like, I'd take him over Caldwell Pope, and he probably could play the point guard. I thought I thought they were going to get Kyle Lowry at the trade deadline. A lot That's, of people. I, I thought they were going to get him. But um, still Toronto in. On that team, that would be filthy. I The thing is, is, like, I would love to see Chris Paul on the Lakers with LeBron. It's my two favorite players. I can root for them on one team. And it's like, I've always wondered, because we know the banana boat with Wade, Mello, Paul, and LeBron. And, you know, two of them have played together with being LeBron and Wade. Other than I don't really count that short stint with Mello and Chris Paul in Houston because, what was it, like 10 games and Houston, like, refused to play Mello. Um, But. Yeah. Well, Dan Tony just totally screwed that situation. He really did. Um, Wow. I'm not. The Lakers are down by 20, and I'm not saying that this is why. But there have been a lot of plays that they've gotten just annihilated on in the paint, and the refs aren't calling anything. Uh, wow. But, like, just think about it. I, I think that's what the Lakers haven't had over these past three years. Like, you know, in the past they had, like, point guards they've tried. Um, Schroeder just hasn't worked out like a lot of people thought. I thought that would be Rondo. a hit. Um, Caldwell Pope, Caruso, um, Rondo. Like, they haven't really had a good point guard. And it seems like a lot of these championship teams have good point guards. Um, Even when Steve Nash was in Los Angeles, he wasn't that. He wasn't what he was. was He was completely out of his prime. He was more washed than, you know, my laundry is on laundry day. Um, So they I think that what they need is a good a good guard. They, They don't really have that. Um, and now so they're, do they have the now they're reviewing something for a technical when literally a guy goes up for the layup and he just hits him on the wrist and the guy falls down and they're reviewing it for a technical. That if they call that a flare, Does, do the Lakers have the cap? Do um, the Lakers have the cap to go after somebody? I mean, probably not. Um, I only know, I only know three Trude's teams that have enough cap. Trudeau's making seventeen and a half mil this year, and I don't think he's going to be back. Um, so that definitely frees some up, and LeBron can always restructure his contract or Davis. Um, you know, LeBron has done that multiple yeah. times in the past before. He did it to get Davis. Yeah. I mean, Schroeder's making 17 yeah. and a half mil. Harrell's making nine and a half. And then you got some other guys who it kind of adds up. Um, like Wes Matthews is making three and a half mil. Like, is he really worth that West much? Lakers. But it's like all these little contracts of guys that do nothing. Um, I, They're I, also like one if, of the more older teams. Want, 
yeah, if the Lakers want somebody, they're going to figure out how to get them. Like, LeBron has been able to get the guy he wants before, and he will do it again. Um, that's <laughs> with, with the first pick in the All Star draft, I want to choose Anthony Davis. LeBron Isn't that in any sport I've seen, <laughs> and a player, a coach, and a GM at the same time. And he'll do it if it comes down to it, he'll do it. Like, it's really all there is to it. However, We've talked a lot of basketball. Yeah. It is now time for the greatest segment of the show, the trash can of the week. Garbage. There you go, right there, bro. Oh, there you go. Get right him out of there. there. You right see there. him in there? Oh, right there. You better find him somebody to play with. Is it him saying basically he could Garbage. Do you? Garbage. All right, Adam. Aside from Terrell, how big is it for you? Garbage. Guys? Scout, I will let you. Go first. Who is your trash can of the week? Actually, it's over the last two weeks. Gotta go. Not not so much now because the series has totally shifted. But the Los Angeles Clippers are my trash can of the week. They and I think I think I've said this before. They lose game the last two games of the year. They intentionally tank so that they won't have to go against LeBron in the playoffs, which now it seems like that might not be even an issue. And now they're playing Dallas and they're getting smacked around by Dallas with the exceptions of, you know, before games three and four, but the Clippers did this to themselves. And I don't know what the, because it's clear to me that Kawhi Leonard is not a leader. He's a great player, but he's not a leader. He's too quiet, you know, and Paul George, he takes stuff too personal. Like he's like, he's personal P like he, like he doesn't know how to take a joke and just move on. Like I just, I would not be surprised if there's restructuring on the Clippers side. You know, why is a free like, agent this You know, year? and it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded away, you know, Paul George or, you know, because if I'm Steve Ballmer, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> like, what has, what has the Clipper, what has this team done since I bought the team? You know, I just, that's my trash can of the week, the Los Angeles Clippers, because. They're a team that, you know, chokes hard <laughs> all the time. Wow, they just caught a flagrant on Caldwell Pope when he went to block a shot and hit, I believe, Crowder on the wrist. That, uh, that I don't I don't like Crowder. That. Ref, hell, I could give the refs the trash can of the week um, for just the playoffs as a whole, but I'd be beating a dead horse. But for me – um, it was going to be at last week. We weren't able to record last week. I think they just, they might've just teed up Caldwell Pope too. He, he'd be tossed if that were the case. Um, but for me, it's the Winnipeg. You get tossed for that? Right, excuse me. That- no, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. That's a good, that's a good one. I, I have the game on mute. So it's like, I'm trying to watch Between- like captions, but for me, my trash. No, it's okay. Is the like- Oilers. And what they did against the Winnipeg Jets um, over the first two games, 
they scored a combined one goal. Um, and they were heavily favored in this wow. series. They got swept. Over the first two games, they scored a combined one goal. In the second two games, game three, they were at four to one with under 10 minutes to play. Lost in overtime. In game four, down 3-0. Um, they were up 2-1 at one point. Um, then, oh wait, no, they're up 3-2 to two, heading into the third. Um, and then, as we mentioned before, Mark Shifley tied the game um, at the end of the third period. And then they lost in triple overtime to get yeah. swept. Um, when you get swept as the favored team, that's bad enough. But just the way that they lost the series was embarrassing. You know, we've talked about teams that don't put stuff around their star players. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Connor McDavid is the best player in the and they've done absolutely nothing to, to to put stuff around him. And he has kind of publicly stated his frustrations, and I don't blame him for doing that, and I would not be surprised if he tries to find his way out of Edmonton very soon. And if I were him, honestly, I'd be trying – like Edmonton is so bad right now that Wayne Gretzky, a.k.a. the undisputed greatest player the of all time in hockey – like you can talk about basketball and debate on like whether it's LeBron or Jordan in hockey, like literally everyone will tell you that it is Wayne Gretzky. Um, like there, there just is not a debate. And you know, if you want to, if you want to say a, if you want a close second, you know, there really isn't a close second. I, I mean, if you want to say a close second, I'd say. If I'd, I'd say Gordy Howe, that's Howell. about yeah, it. Well, it's not really close. Um, but yeah, that's my trash can. Like when you're that bad that he steps down from a front office oh, yeah. and just says, I'm done and goes into broadcasting like that. Yikes. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Um, after the first half it is 62 41 Phoenix. Um, it looks like they're going to close us out. I don't know. Um, Devin Booker has 34 points in the first half which is wow. They're showing like slow-mo shots of the first half. They're showing Chris Paul, like making a mean face, kind of like Tyler hero did last year. Then they're showing, I, I don't know if you remember, do you remember <laughs> game six um, in 2016 between the Warriors and the Cavs and LeBron swatted that shot by Curry and then like gave him that stare down as he was walking away. It was kind of like an iconic shot. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. Well, he just did the same thing yeah. with a referee. As was that this? Was that the same? Was that the same game where he got tossed for throwing his mouthpiece? Yes. Which I that's kind of funny. Okay. You mentioned. Yeah, so I remember I that. With my buddy earlier today, because um, we were watching like first take, and Stephen A was saying how. You know, like it's assault for someone like throwing popcorn on a player or whatever. Um, well, I was like, well, I mean, technically, couldn't that fan sue Curry for assault because he threw a mouthpiece at him? I mean, well, I mean, well, I, I'm not trying. I'm not like trying to make an argument. I guess I was like jokingly playing devil's advocate. You know? Yes. Yeah, devil's advocate. Like, kinda, yeah. Just like, I mean, technically speaking, like I don't. Know. Obviously, they probably wouldn't like win that. 
Um, but I don't, I don't know. They're it's- just trying because there have been a lot of fan incidents, and uh, in these, in especially in the first round, they're just they're just trying to not have another malice at the palace. That's all they're trying to do. I'll tell you what, if that happened, that would be. Oh boy, that would be wild. But <laughs> there's no Ron Artest in the league anymore. I mean, the closest thing to it is Draymond Green. But I, I don't know. However, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, as of now, we think the Lakers are done. Maybe the next time we're recording, they somehow came back. Who knows? You know, as it says uh, on the Do you dollar, believe in miracles, Mr. Keller? Yeah, as, as we say in Ohio, and it's, I, I believe, our state motto, uh, with God, all things are possible. So you just never know. You really don't. Um, sure, that's true. So once again, thank you for listening. For Scout Hughes, I'm Joey the Chief Keller signing off. Maybe I'm too emotional. But like a wound in salt. Maybe I'm too emotional. Maybe you never cared at all. Maybe I'm too emotional. Yeah, apathy is like a wound in salt. Maybe I'm too emotional. Maybe you never cared at all. I guess you moved on really easily